Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 7, Episode 5 of Seventh Heaven. The title is Heart of the Matter, or in Germany, the title is Elvis Lives. Our IMDb user synopsis is Eric has double bypass surgery, and most of the family waits for results at the hospital. Ruthie stays home to watch the twins. Lucy tells her parents she is ready to accept a wedding proposal, but Kevin is no longer ready to propose. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, well, Elvis, and lots of impersonations of Elvis songs, and I feel like for those of us who believe that Elvis is dead, he's rolling around in his grave, and for those of us who don't believe he's dead, he's probably really upset. I don't get that. Is that a thing that Elvis is alive? That's not really... Yeah, it is. Elvis is alive is a thing. Tupac is alive is a thing. I know Tupac is alive is a thing, but Elvis, he died on the toilet. <laughs> no, there's a bunch of people that think he's still living. Um, you know, like how Bigfoot's there. And yeah. Etc. All right. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I know that like Stephen Collins is a music man and that they've like referenced his musically talented life a lot. Like, in the first couple of seasons, we had him performing. We had a band coming about from his past. He sang a lot, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not into it. I don't know. Something about TV stars becoming musicians hurts. (laughs) I don't know. And and, and, and it was too cringy, and the end was way, 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 way cringy. Uh, and eat, like, so, yeah, that's, that's my first impression. Yeah, yeah, cringy. That's a good word for this entire episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into it with the cold open, which is just kind of, like you said, Elvis. So we have the Rev, um, going in for his double bypass surgery. Um, and while he is under, and this is like a stupid TV trope too, while, like, someone's under anesthesia... Like the, they have like, they hallucinate or whatever. And so throughout this entire episode, we have like cutaways before and after where there would be commercials to the Rev imagining himself as Elvis. He sings um, four different Elvis songs. Um, It's All Shook Up, Don't Be Cruel, Teddy Bear, and Rock the Hula, which the whole family gets to join in on. Um... At, like so we're just going to discuss this now because uh it's a very small part of the storyline um but oh wait before i say that fun fact uh this when the week that this episode aired elvis's number one hits like the 30 number one elvis hits was number one in the top 200 billboard so as aaron mentioned before we recorded i guess the show has much influence if it like got elvis to be number one in the year 2002 um yeah. So, yeah, uh, throughout this episode, we have these happening. If you, like, pay attention... So each song kind of goes, like, right before the commercial and right after the commercial. Um, And he has a different outfit for each song. Uh, They've, like, put him in this, like, Elvis wig. Uh, So he looks a lot younger because his hair is, like, black. And also his hairline is not receding as much. And um, I feel like if you, like... I, like, didn't pay attention that much, but towards the last two songs, he's kind of, like not singing and more so like looking around at his surroundings and he's kind of looking for something and at the end like after the surgery and everything and when his family joins him he finds that something because um 
all of the like hallucinations are all in a black background. It's like just him. But then at the end, it's all colorful and the family's there and stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's the Rev. He's sleeping and thinking he's Elvis. He like says in the cold open, I always wanted to be the king. So there you go. Yeah. It would have been so much more fun if he ended up being the, like if they did the Lion King. I just thought about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's it. We can, I guess, t- talk quickly about what Annie's doing throughout this. Yeah, so Annie's kind of just being, like, the matriarch and hurting everyone, you know, all of the family members around the hospital, giving periodic updates as they get them from the hospital staff. Um, and Lou, the church treasurer, comes at one point to speak with Annie, um, and he says that um, he has a problem because... Him and Eric were supposed to talk about something before the Rev went under for his surgery, and that thing they were going to talk about was basically the Rev's replacement for the time that he's going to be out recovering from the surgery. Um, so they kind of come to Annie and they're like, "Oh, can you help us pick someone who will? Well, did, did they say, yeah, can you help us pick someone to like fill in while he's not here?" Um, I don't know. And he's like, no, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I, like, I've, that's too big of a decision for me to do that. Um, and at the end, Lou is like, you're right. You know, we, the, the parishioners and, like, the church and everybody are here to support uh, Rev. So in, like, I don't know, in, in what's the word? Solidar- oh, in solidarity with him, we'll decide to suspend service until he's better. Um, this gets resolved... Uh, we'll talk about this at the end. Uh, so we'll start with Simon first. So just to give you a bit of context about where we're at, it's a week after the last episode. Um, so it's been a week since Simon had that... Life might be better if you were dead, Dad. Yeah. Conversation. Um, and apparently he apologized to the Rev in the interim, and the inter- and, and the interim forgave him. And the Rev forgave him. But he's still feeling a type of way about it. So first he's mad because Matt and Mary aren't there. Matt is not there because he has midterms and the Rev would rather, um, like, not be stressed out about Matt's midterms and have, like, than have Matt there. So Matt's staying at home. And Mary, I didn't like that they, like, did Mary rotten here uh, because... Mary apparently is just not picking up her phone or not, like, returning phone calls or whatever. And I feel like if they were, like, obviously they couldn't get Jessica Biel back for this episode or whatever Jessica Biel was doing at this point, but I feel like they made an excuse for Barry Watson. Why couldn't they make an excuse for Jessica, Jessica Biel? Like, why do you need to murder... There was bad blood there. But That's... I feel like it was resolved by then. Or it should be. It should have been. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she's been on the been back on the show for like a long period of time. She was so. in almost every single episode in that last season, in season six. Yeah, she and like they like the, they did the entire storyline where she finally like came like everybody finally was like, oh, it's fine, you know, we're okay with Mary now. But I feel like we, sh- they sh- I don't know, they could have just easily been like, like you said, like had her on the phone and not just shown yeah, her. Yeah, not shown her. Yeah, she was unavailable. I don't know. I thought that was bad because, like, why are you going to paint Mary in such a bad, bad light in the situation? So anyway, Simon is, like, annoyed about it. And uh, Annie very smartly is like, you're not mad at them. You're mad at yourself. So, like, for what you said to your dad, so let it go. And Simon's very adamantly like, no, that's not it. 
he has a run-in with Robbie, where Robbie's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And Simon's like, something happened, and I can't talk about it with anyone, and it's the thing that I can't talk about that's, like, bothering me, and... He's just talking in circles. So Robbie, very smartly, proving why he is my favorite Camden, uh, (laughs) and my favorite person on the show, says, well, find someone to talk to then, because, like, you're not here for your family, and you can't be mad at Matt and Mary for not being here if you're not here, like, mentally. You've been... You're not supporting your family while you're here. Aloof. Yeah, exactly. So Simon goes to the one person he can talk to, Sergeant Michaels. Cecilia. <laughs> it's not Cecilia. So they meet at Pete's Pizza. And I actually really, really like this conversation because it I kind- totally miss this. I don't remember there ever being pizza. <laughs> the only people who ate pizza were Ruthie. <laughs> they, she didn't eat pizza. They had burgers, and she didn't even have them. No, Sarah did. But that was like at the promenade. That you know, that oh. was the, the same set as right. where the pizza places. Um, so this was because it was the inside of the Pete's Pizza, not the outside. Yeah. So um, I really like this conversation, as I said, because it harkens back to a point that Aaron and I, or Aaron made specifically in this. Ep- uh, I think I don't know if she made it while we were talking about the episode, but um, outside of the episode, she said that like. This whole episode is about Simon, you know, the whole incident with the baby, when they should have been more focused on Claire, the one who gave up the baby, and was dealing with whatever kind of abuse situation that she couldn't have the baby. So, and and Sergeant Michaels kind of says this. He goes, oh no, he's not a sergeant anymore. My bad. Detective Michaels. Um, He says, like, because this is Simon's thing, right? Simon goes... I did this great thing, and I can't tell anyone about it, and I feel gu- like I only feel guilty because I want people to be. Pr- I want my dad to be proud of me for doing this good thing, but I can't talk to him about it, and it sucks. Like I have such a burden to bear, and <laughs> Detective Michaels is like, "Do you think you have more of a burden than Claire does? Than the girl who actually gave up her child? Like she has to deal with the fact that she like won't see this." like this baby grow up won't see the baby have children won't like won't have any relationship with the baby whatsoever and you're here like complaining about the fact that oh you did a good thing and nobody is like commending you about it whereas like she did it like a very like she made the biggest sacrifice so if she can't talk about it you shouldn't really get to complain that you can't talk about it now i really like that because it kind of puts Simon in his place. But on the other hand, to like play devil's advocate, I do think it's kind of stupid or like not good to um, compare people's trauma. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know. Like it is obviously something that like Simon's dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Because like this girl couldn't handle what she needed to do. So he needed to step in and do like, well, I guess the hardest like kind of the hardest part of it and like surrender actually surrender the child to someone else but um i mean my point is that both their trauma is valid yeah and there shouldn't be a comparison between the two but i do like that like sergeant michaels sorry detective michaels uh was like put yourself like gain some perspective about your life and this is kind of what Simon needs to hear because he finally lets it go. And at the end, he's like, he's able to come back to the hospital, be there. He like goes up to Lucy and he's like, I'm sorry I haven't been there for you guys for the last like for the past week or so. And Lucy's like, really? I didn't notice. Because she's self-centered and the worst. Yep. 
Um, and at the end, he's able to have a conversation with the Rev, and he's like, I'm sorry. And the Rev's like, you have nothing to apologize for. You already apologized. It's all good. So then we have um, Ruthie, who is not with the family at the hospital, because in the last episode before the Rev revealed to Annie that he needed to have the surgery, um, Ruthie asked him if he was okay, and he said yes, that everything was fine. Um, As we've seen, Ruthie has some, like, very... I don't want to say, like, stubborn traits, but I think that, like, she's a bit, like, strong, hard-headed, I want to say, like, uh, because once you, like, cross her or do wrong by her, she's, like, cuts you off. Um, So she does not want to be at the hospital with the family because the Rev lied to her, and she's not forgiving him for lying to her about his condition. She calls him a big, fat, stinking liar. Yes. So, um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much her storyline. She's watching the twins, which I don't think she's, like, old enough to be doing alone. Um, Especially because the twins are almost as tall as her. Yeah. Um, and first Annie calls her and kind of pleads with her, like, oh, come on, we'll get someone to, someone else to babysit the twins. You come here and be with us. Ruthie's just like adamant, like, no, he lied to me. I don't care. Um, until Sarah shows up at the hospital. Uh, and because we find out that even though Matt couldn't make it because, well, and the Rev didn't want him there because he had like midterms and stuff. Um, Sarah was able to come because she was all finished up with her midterms and she wanted to just be there to show some support from the Glass Camden side of the family. So Annie's like, I have a task for you. It's not going to be easy. Um, and Sarah immediately knows that Ruthie isn't there and that she's going to have to do something to get to convince Ruthie to come to the hospital. Um, I want to say just really quickly before we move on, I really did like that Annie goes, this is usually a thing that I would have Matt do, which uh, kind of relates back to the fact that Matt and Ruthie, you know, have a very close relationship. And I kind of, and I, I said this in the last podcast uh, about Ruthie, how I really like her relationship with Camden's significant others. And this is kind of explored with Sarah here. Um, I also feel like she's closer to Matt and Sarah because she knows the big secret. Like, she knew that they were married before they were married. <laughs> so That's a bit hard. weird thing to say. Um, just, like, that whole kind of thing. I feel like she has, does have, like, a closer relationship with both Matt and Sarah. So Sarah goes over to the house she tells Ruthie that they're going to go for a ride. Ruthie's like, okay, yeah, you think I'm that dumb? I'm not going to go for a ride to the hospital. Um, and Sarah's like, no, if if you... She's like, you won't regret this, and if you do, you can have my horse. Um, <laughs> so she takes, like we said, she takes her to the promenade, and we meet um, Sarah's friend, Susan. Uh, Susan, who was not at the wedding. Susan, apparently, though, is one of Sarah's best, best friends. And... Um, we've never seen her before. We've never seen her, but she has some wisdom to lay down and Sarah leaves them alone. So she leaves Ruthie with this strange woman. Um, and Susan just tries to, she tells Ruthie the story of her relationship with her father and how her father wanted her to go to college or something, or she wanted to go, something about going to college. She didn't want to go to college because it wasn't the right path for her. He did. They got into a big fight and they did talk for five years. 
Yeah. And, like, they tried to talk to each other, but it didn't work out because they couldn't forgive each other. And then it all kind of came to a head when her father got into a car accident, and suddenly all she wanted to do was to talk to her father. And that's when they reconciled. But she can never, like, have back those five years that they weren't talking. And this is kind of cautionary tale. This is kind of a cautionary tale for Ruthie, and Ruthie changes her mind. I, um, I don't know. Would you have been moved by that? No. Right. Uh, so, and I also, like... Especially, it's also kind of, like, out of line with Ruthie's character, because Ruthie's character is very, um, like, principled, and, like, sometimes, like, to, to a fault, so... All the things that the Rev said about Lucy in the last episode are more qualities that Ruthie has than Lucy has. Um, like, the principled one. But anyway, Ruthie, because, you know, they can't have a child that's actually mad at the Rev... Um, especially, like, during a thing like open-heart surgery. I think that would have been a cool storyline, to have somebody actually, like, stay mad at him. But they didn't follow that route. Um, so she comes back, and she's there, and the family's happy that she's there. And she also is, like, has her moment with the Rev at the end when he wakes up. Spoiler alert, he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. And everything's, like, all everything's fine between them. He, she forgives him. Uh, we'll go on to what is... The most unrelated to the Rev storyline and the most self-serving thing ever, which is, what the fuck is Kevin and Lucy's relationship? And not at all healthy. That's one thing we can definitely say for certain. I don't, I don't get how this is like something, I mean, I think that it's like, okay, you put something on television where it's like, you should not do this thing. But, like, to, like, have this be the other main relationship in this episode, in this show, besides the Rev and Annie, to have this be the other one? Like, I'd rather go back to, like, the back and forth of will they or won't they with Robbie and Mary than this. Um, So, Lucy is kind of feeling, like, really lost with the fact that her dad is having surgery. Her and Robbie are having a conversation while they're drinking coffee in the hospital cafeteria. And this is when Lucy comes to the epiphany that she could lose Kevin at any time because he's a cop and police officers get shot at, according to her. And um, because of this, like, but, like, right now all they have is, like, their boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, they're not engaged, they're not married. Like, what will she have if she ever loses Kevin? She's like, no one. And she decides that because of this, she loves Kevin, and because of this... She wants to marry him. And suddenly, Lucy is ready to marry Kevin. And this is big news that kind of gets spread like wildfire by everyone. So much so that Ben shows up. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so Robbie is sworn to secrecy. And obviously, anytime someone on a TV show is sworn to secrecy, they immediately blab. So Robbie calls the police station and, and says... tells them that Kevin... Needs to get to the hospital ASAP. So, of course... Kevin thinks Ke- it's... Thinks the Rev is in trouble or something. Um, and he shows up just for Robbie to tell him. She's, you know, he's like, oh, guess what? And Kevin's like, no, I don't want to guess what. Why am I... Why was I told to come yeah. to the hospital? What's going on? And he's like, come on, just guess. Um, this is when Kevin says, I have a gun and I'm not afraid to use it. Which yes. I didn't think was good. It's not funny. Nope. 
not funny. Police brutality. Is not, not something to laugh about. Anyway, um, so Robbie finally is like, oh, Lucy's ready for you. Lucy's ready to get engaged. Um, And Kevin's like, what a waste of my time this has been. So Robbie's like, okay, go find Lucy. Like, do it. You got to get engaged now. And Kevin, very smartly, I think, this is one of the few times I agree with Kevin, says, no, she's obviously feeling this way because it's like a traumatic experience that she's going through. It's very emotional. And she's only doing this because she's like worried and afraid and not because she actually like wants to get married. Um, So this conversation continues when we have like, Annie asking, no, Lucy asking Annie, when did you know that, you know, you wanted to marry dad? And Annie's like, you just know. Which, when you just look at the person, you just know. And I still think, okay, this is kind of veering off topic. But like, All right, well, to, I feel like I know what you're going to say, and I just want to say, Lucy and Kevin have not even known each other for a full year yet. Yeah. Are they really, like, Kevin uprooted his life after knowing Lucy for like a month or two. And every week they have a new problem. Or a, an old problem that they bring up again. Like, are, is there anything that shows that they're in any way ready to be married? Like, is there any change of circumstance or change of anything that is... Ugh, whatever. Anyway. Um, anyway, Lucy's like, I know, I want to marry him. And Annie's like, congratulations, go get your man. And this is when Ben shows up. and He's there because Kevin told him that the surgery is happening and he feels like he wants to be there to help and everybody is equating Ben to Mary for some reason and he's like oh well if Mary can't be here at least you can I don't think that is a good like it doesn't work (laughs) um so we have a conversation between Ben and Kevin where Ben's like, congratulations, like, you guys can get married now. This is when Kevin, again, like, reiterates the fact that this is, this is not love, this is fear. And Lucy and Kevin finally find each other. And Lucy's like, you know that thing you've been wanting to ask me since you came here? Which, by the way, was, what, like a month into their relationship, he was ready to propose for, to her? Right? Like, that's what that means. Yeah, yeah. He was, he moved to Glen Oak so he could propose. And, um, like, you can ask me now because I'm ready. And then we kind of had this moment where, like, she's waiting and waiting and waiting, and he's keeping quiet. And then she's like, oh, oh, you don't want to ask me because we're in the hospital and it's not romantic, but why don't you ask me now and then ask me again in a romantic way? And he's still not asking. And she's like, why aren't you asking me to marry you? And he says, I'm not going to ask you to marry me. And she obviously loses her mind. Um, Yeah, that's about it. She's just... She's mad. Yeah. And, um... Because she's like... She tells him to leave. She's like, leave Glen Oak. You have to go. Yeah, she's like, get out of the house. Like, you need to leave now. You need to leave the house. You need to leave Glen Oak. She goes, listen, bucko. Uh, and she's like, I, you, like, let, led me, like, led me on this entire time. Uh, you came to Glen Oak, you t- came to Glen Oak with the purpose of marrying me, and now when I'm okay with you getting married, you're not, like, actually asking me, like, are we gonna break up, what's happening? And they're both made for each other, really, because she, like, loses her goddamn mind and jumps to all these conclusions, and he just keeps his mouth shut. Like, he should be sitting there and being like, this is the reason that I feel this way, 
and she, but instead he's just like kind of like being a stubborn mule in like in the face of all like of all her berate berate like berating her, yeah yeah so they're both terrible yeah they I do not have a healthy relationship they lack it's com- communication is obviously a huge problem for them uh, and it like it just brings up a lot of like flaws like you should be marrying someone especially if like your first reaction to them doing something that you don't agree with is telling them to get out of the house. Like, yeah. what does that mean for their marriage if, like, Lucy and Kevin get into a fight? Is Lucy going to tell him to, like, leave California? Like, yeah. Um, but it gets resolved, obviously, because we have Robbie and Ben kind of playing mediators. And she, when she finally learns that the reason that Kevin's so, like, hesitant to ask her is because... He she, wants to ask the Rev first. Um. And also that he wants to make sure that it's actually real and she feels this way. Uh, Lucy's like, no, I do. Like, it just so happened to be, like, I came to a realization here. But, like, I'm going to feel this way after the surgery as well. But, like, this kind of gets ruined because he's, like, taking his time to, like, propose to her. And she's like, ask me before I change my mind. <laughs> And the point was that she does. He doesn't want to ask her if she's going to change his mind. If she's going to change her mind, so I don't know. Like I think it was supposed to be funny, but it really wasn't. Anyway, Kevin decides that he doesn't want to ask her in the middle of the hospital cafeteria because one, you're in the middle of a hospital cafeteria, and two, because he wants to ask the permission of the rev, and three, because he wants to do something grand and romantic, and that's where we're at. But basically, to Lucy, she's engaged, so. Yeah. Congratulations, um, I guess. It bothers me that she got what she wanted. Um, and we, end, like, obviously he, uh, Kevin asked the Rev to... Marry, or, like, he's like, I want to propose to Lucy at some point in the future. And the Rev's like, welcome to the family. Um, and they're like, Ben, even though you're not with Mary anymore, you're, like, a part of the family, too. And he's like, ha-ha, Kevin's making sure of it. Um, Fun jokes. Lucy, when she comes running into the hospital room, when everybody's, like, getting together to see the Rev after his surgery, is like, I'm engaged, I'm engaged, instead of, like... Like, how are you, Dad? Are you alive? Like, I'm glad you got out of the surgery okay. You look good. Whereas when Robbie comes into the room, he's like, oh, my God, you look so bad, so much better. Yeah. Like, you don't even look like you just had heart-open surgery. (laughs) Open-heart surgery. Um, Are we missing anything? Until, I just want to make sure we hit everything before we talk about this last scene. No, that was it. Um, yeah, everybody comes to the room. You know, we have Ruthie. We talked about Simon. We talked about Kevin, Lucy. Uh, ben shows up. Sarah's there. And so does Robbie. And they're all in the hospital room together. And it's a whole one big happy family. And then the nurse makes them all leave. Annie and the Rev make out. As they do. And then, like, the lights turn off, and he closes his eyes, and we think it's over, but it's not. It was actually all a dream, no. Um, It was all a dream. We are back with the Rev in his... um, Elvis. ...outfit. And it's for Hula on the Rock, or Hula the Rock? Uh, No, Rock the Hula. Rock the Hula. (laughs) Um, And he's in, like, this Hawaiian-themed outfit, and then, like, the light lights open up and it's not black anymore and they're on this beach set which is very fake obviously and everybody is in their beach attire so like they're wearing hawaiian shirts or they're wearing bathing suits or they're shirtless like kevin is 
<laughs> and they're dancing and singing to rock the hula. <laughs> I didn't know the song. I was just waiting for you to say it. Uh, and we have to witness this for a good many seconds. One would say too many seconds. Far too many seconds. And that is the end of the episode. Um, so, yeah, if you want to... First, we should rate what this episode is. Yeah, we should. Um, I want to give this... It couldn't really hold my attention, so I'm giving it a two. I was... I hate this episode. I think this was the same as the last episode for me. Didn't I give that one a two? Yeah, you did. No, yes, you did. And so I'm giving this a 2.5. Yeah. Um... I'm so disappointed in season seven so far. Yeah. Alrighty. Alright. So, if you want to continue to listen to us every Wednesday and Saturday, there are new episodes at soundcloud.com slash camdencast. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to um, your podcast. So, Apple iTunes podcast app, um, Stitcher, Pippa.io. <laughs> um, and you can follow us on social media. We're at camdencast show on Twitter and Instagram facebook.com slash camdencast you can always shoot us an email camdencast at gmail.com and uh, that's it yeah i'm erin i'm tanvi this is camdencast